Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Geek Soul Brother here. Welcome to episode 271 of Geek Soul Brother and the Nerdy Venoms. We had a great episode because we had a special guest, Mark Oprin creator of the Klingon language. That's right. He created the Klingon language of Star Trek. We talked about how he got started in linguistics. The fact that he was tapped to create the Vulcan language actually before the Klingon language for uh, Star Trek 2 and how uh, Klingon and other created languages have grown across the world. Also talked about his documentary as coming out uh, about conlanging or constructed languages and um and all the good stuff that he had to say about uh, his experiences of creating uh, not just Klingon language, but Atlantean and uh, a few other languages that he worked on. Many thanks also to Kennedy, a.k.a. Storm Tribble of the Black Tribbles that came onto our show. She actually has been studying how to speak Klingon. How, how cool is that? She's been studying how to speak Klingon for a while now and um evidently she can say some things with uh uh perfect pronunciation and going on uh thanks also bison for coming on the show uh dropping a couple questions on there hey find us in itunes and stitcher and if you do rate and subscribe to the show also leave comments we really appreciate that go to geeksoulbrother.com for reviews and trailers I haven't been putting too much news up there. I leave that to uh, the private and the rest of the Nerdy Venoms on uh, uh, Five Nerdy Venoms. You can find them on Facebook and Twitter for all your nerdy news. But go to GeekSoulBrother.com and hit that donate button. Really appreciate that. If you drop a little change in the uh, change jar, we can uh, expand the show. We can make things sound better and go better. My apologies for dropping off at the end of the show. Something happened with the... Uh, Wi-Fi or whatever, but still the show was great with uh, Mark Okren coming on and everything. Uh, find me on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, YouTube, and uh, if you have any questions or comments, email me at geeksoulbrother at gmail.com. Also, you can listen to us live on Tuesdays on TalkShoe.com. Uh, just check us out uh, 10 p.m. Eastern on TalkShoe. You can listen in you can chat with us, or you can even join the conversation. And just remember, our show has adult language. Uh, I let Kennedy know, and uh, she was comfortable, so uh, I appreciate that. And um, just watch the kitties around. But other than that, you guys take care. Talk to you later. Peace. All right. Well, while we're waiting for our guests, might as well uh, get some intros out the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, let our listeners know that it's time for Geek Soul Brother Nerd, Nerdy Venoms. Yay! Y'all. <laughs> Kennedy's the only one. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, Everybody else, like, of... whatever. <clears throat> well, that's because we're we're not new to the show. Yeah. Of course. The excitement, <laughs> no, like... the, the excitement in the relationship is gone. 
No excitement at all. <laughs> That's okay. The thrill's gone. The thrill's gone away. <laughs> see, nobody wants to see your face because they heard your singing dialect. That's oh. Why. oh. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh-oh. Hello. Hey. Oh, now hey. it works. All right. Mark. What's up? <laughs> all right. Good, good, good. How you doing, Mark? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. This geek's old brother. Ooh, I was and, a little uh, bit on the board. Yeah, we, <laughs> we we always have a little touch and go with the connections, but that's good. Uh, glad you're on the show. All right. Um, we also got. I was just about to introduce everybody, uh, as I always do to the audience, but um, might as well introduce them to you. And also, we have a uh, uh, guest from another podcast that has been learning Klingon language. Uh oh. no pressure (laughs) so we got but mark let me introduce you we we have our guest from the black tribbles we got uh kennedy hi hi i i gotta say i'm over here really proud of myself that i haven't geeked directly to freak out by now (laughs) i have your book i'm a big fan okay thank you thank you oh god oh kennedy this is a uh this is an adult show, so you can be comfortable. You oh, you, wait, did you see how terse I was? You saw the struggle. <laughs> I heard it. Holy heard shit it. balls. I'm over here freaking <laughs> the fuck out. I was like, hold up. Who's on the show? Wait, what? <laughs> oh, God. Hi. Mark, uh, I, also, I also have wow. a regular, uh, my regular co-host. We got, uh, actually, we got uh, Lakita, a.k.a. Uh, Shadow Scout, who invited you in the first place, right, I think right. met. So great to see you again. Yeah, you too, you too. Yeah, we met in Baltimore. That's right, Farpoint Con. Woo! Yep. <laughs> She's she stays excited. <laughs> yeah. We got a uh, we got the private on here also. I, I'm excited, but less energetic than uh, <laughs> the Shadow. Than Shadow. <laughs> We got uh Toby Wan Kenobi, who is the uh uh one that's running Skype for us. All right. Are there any uh aficionados of Klingon culture here? Well just jump in when you when you feel it. When you feel it in your toe claws. <laughs> Toby. <laughs> that score was done by Jerry Goldsmith. It certainly was. We can talk was. about him too if you want to later. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's all right. We got uh who else we got on here? We we got Lord Dalek. Yes. Right. <laughs> oh god. That was upon far. Yeah. Originally the pond far they got used for a few other things. Yeah, they use they use it like like recycled a lot. Yeah, recycled a lot, and it wasn't it wasn't for the kisses. It wasn't for Kirk's kisses. Yeah. No, no, no. No, but it was for but it was for a love scene. Believe it or not. What? Uh oh. Sort of. <laughs> Who else we got on here? I know JD was uh she was busy. 
Did we get M Dog or is he out of uh, out uh, sick? He he the the um yes the inappropriate one is not in today. <laughs> okay, well good. Oh, that's all we're, right. I'm I'll take that. Oh, no, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah she she <laughs> yeah she's filling in for the inappropriateness. Yes. <laughs> You, you can fill in, but M-Doll, M-Doll slicked in the wrong ways a couple times. I, I'm right. cutting him back. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, so that's it. That, that's all we got? Noel Camino? He was trying to get on last week, so. Oh, I'm know. sure he'll be in like no, five minutes, no, no. like he's, as usual. He's out. He's out. <laughs> no, if, he, if he's late, he's not going on. <laughs> We're not having any interruptions. <laughs> We're not having any major interruptions. So uh, for those of you that are listening... We got uh, Mark Okren, the creator of the Klingon language, who I consider a level 10 geek. If any geek actually gets one of his books available in my local library, that makes him 10 times better than 95% of other geeks. 95 He's up there with Lucas actually, and if Josh. The lo- if the local library has it, that makes the library a geek, I think. Yeah, oh, I would say so. They're hard to find. Point take. Point take. Yeah, that's true. So, um, so Mark, I, I really want, and uh, Shao Scout's going to, she's got some questions lined up for you, too. But I just want to get into a nice little conversation, man, if you don't mind. Um, sure. Just just how things got started, how, how, you, how you became, like, the creator of the, language but even before that like what was your background how how did you get started in linguistics i got started in linguistics in college because uh, i took a course my freshman year that was sort of an introduction to everything i think the faculty didn't know what to do frankly mm. and uh so every week there was a different professor it was all about language and you know in general but every week there was a different professor and one would be a philosophy, and one would be of literature, and one would be of psychology, and one would be of history, and all these different things. So we got a good introduction to the different disciplines and good introduction to the faculty, but I'm still not sure what the course was all about. Anyway, the mm-hmm. best part for me, the part that I found the most interesting, was when the linguist was talking. Right. Because I never heard of linguistics before. So I said, oh, and this, this is interesting. So I took some more courses and got hooked. That's how it happened. This was back in the uh, 70s? This was in the 60s. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. This was in the 60s. 60s, yeah. Wow. So you so you were preparing from early college. You were kind of attracted to it. Yeah. What, what, what was it that attracted you? Can, can you uh, well, pinpoint if, a particular yeah, thing? If, if, if you'd have asked me then, I don't know what I would have said. But now looking back at it, I think mm-hmm. what, what I find interesting and still find interesting about it. Um, is, is two things. One is is the connection between language and people, language and, and thinking and culture and all that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. the other one is the is the the puzzle aspect to it, the figuring out of it. You know, how does it work? Mm. Here's, here's this thing that somebody says, a bunch of sentences. How do they work? How are they all together? How are they related? How did they change over time? And piecing it together, that that part of it is the crossword puzzle aspect. Were you were you good at a uh... Were you good at English? Like, were you good at grammar? Did you find yeah, yourself yeah. attracted to literature? Yeah, I, and I liked it. <laughs> I, I didn't run away. From it. That, that was fun. Um, right. I was, and I was good at, at sort of basic math. I don't know when it got into calculus, it got complex. But, but other than that, and, and linguistics is not is not math, but it's very systematic in the way math is. So that was a help too. I can see it having a mathematical kind of feel to it. 
right? You just you, you just said it was, huh? Because no, because languages are rule governed. Okay. Right. So, so the the game or the the intrigue is to find the rules. Unlike math, the rules are a little gushy and have exceptions and change over time. But right. but but at base, it's the same. There's 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 certain rules. It always does this, except when that, and so forth. I was right, going to say, it's right. kind of like balancing an equation. You know what I mean? There's different variables depending on which language and which dialect and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and you're sitting there trying to figure out how this makes sense or how it becomes equal. Right. Right. No, it's, it's, that's exactly it. But as I say, you know, unlike math, it, it changes over time and, and, right. and it doesn't quite work. But if it, if it mostly works, then you, then you talk about the part that doesn't work. You try to figure out why not. Right. So, a little fast forward, you, you uh, get your PhD. Right. You like linguistics so much that so you get much. your PhD. <laughs> I want to live, eat, and sleep it, right. Right. So, so what, was, um, what was it like being a linguist starting out? Like, was, like in the, I guess, in the job market or yeah, applying well, my, the... Yeah, exactly. Uh, my, my first job uh, after graduate school, as opposed to when I was a student, uh, mm. was teaching linguistics at, at the University of California in Santa Barbara. Mm. Uh, and it was a great job. It's, it's, a, it's a nice place, nice people, nice students, all that stuff. Uh, but the problem was, it was a temporary job. And what that meant is at the end of each year, they'd say, come back or don't come back. Oh, wow. Uh, now, now, now we call this adjunct. Adjunct right. professors. But that, that, that wasn't invented yet, that term. Um, right. And at the end of year one, they said, come back. And at the end of year two, they said, come back. And I got to thinking that one of these days, one of two <laughs> things was going to happen. Either they'd say, don't come back. And it right. wouldn't be because I was doing a bad job. It would be because they ran out of money or it went to physics or something or other. Or they'd say, come back, come back, come back. And the way the system worked at the time, I don't know if this is true anymore. But the way it worked at the time is uh, after you've been there for seven years, they either had to give you tenure or kick you out. Or kick you out completely. Yeah. Yeah, because after seven years, you couldn't be there without tenure. And right. lots of people would lose their jobs at that point, mostly uh, proto-adjuncts or whatever you want to call them, like the, uh, a lot of foreign language teachers and things like that. As I said, I don't know if this is true anymore. But anyway, I decided right. what I should do to avoid that uh, – is to go off somewhere and do some research and write papers and present talks and all this stuff uh, and build up a resume and apply for a job somewhere where there was a possibility of tenure after seven years. So I applied for and got a fellowship at the Smithsonian in Washington mm. and came to Washington for one year. They said it was going to be one year uh, and did some research and wrote some papers and gave some talks and applied for jobs. Uh, but in academia, the job market is very cyclical. So okay. uh, sometimes there's still, relatively speaking, a lot of jobs and sometimes hardly any. And the year I was looking was one of those when there was hardly any. I mean, oh, in the okay. whole country, there was four or five to do the kind of linguistics that I wanted to do. There's different kinds. That's what I was going to say. It probably it, it probably was such a narrow field, right? Yeah, I mean, it's big. It's not as big as, you know, as, as English literature or something like that. Um mm -hmm. You know, but relatively speaking, it's 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 small. 
everybody right. everybody up to a point. And and if you're doing something narrow like I was doing, what I was doing was anthropological linguistics, focusing primarily on oh. North American Indian languages. Oh. So that made that mm. made it even even smaller. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh -oh. I'm here. I'm sorry. I just. Somebody's getting excited. Are you okay there? Yeah, we definitely got that. That was not Klingon at all. Uh, <laughs> hey, well, a certain part of Klingon. Well, as a type of Klingon. I got excited because you're like speaking to my life right now. When I was uh, in school, I, I was you know, thinking about minoring in anthropology with a focus on anthropology as a, you know, as a spine or however. It was a cultural anthropological right. venture with, you know, foundings in linguistics. And I'm like, how the hell do I get a job with this? Yeah. So I'm like listening to you like, oh. Yeah. Well, people people do get jobs. Tell you how you get a job. A you, you go on a hit show and you create a language. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Oh, that happened later. That happened later. <laughs> that happened that later. Ha that actually, actually, not to discourage anyone from getting a job in linguistics, but that happened as a result of not getting a job in linguistics. Because yeah, I kind of, uh, I, uh, yeah, spell out that that story. Of course, everybody wants to know how you so got what started. Happened, what happened was cleanup. when I was in, in Washington and doing all this stuff and not finding a job, um, I was at a party in Washington, not one of those Washington parties, but a regular party in Washington, um, and met somebody who worked for the government who dealt with education of deaf people. And he said, oh, you're a linguist. I said, yeah. He said, there's this brand new technology starting up called closed captioning, and they need a linguist. And I said, why? Closed captioning is right. This is just subtitles on TV so deaf people can read what, what hearing people can hear. Um, and, he, and he talked about how the grammar needed to be simplified and controlled for vocabulary because uh, the captions move by quickly and things like this. Right. And I thought about it, and I said, well, it's language-related, kind of. And it's broadcasting. And what I did before, uh, before I went to college was, was radio, actually. I did radio in Los Angeles for a few years. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of radio? I did, I did Pacifica, mostly. So, okay. so non-commercial non radio before NPR. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, so it was broadcasting, kind of. You know? So anyway, I applied for a job there, and they hired me. So I started making closed captions uh, and was there, you know, right when it began. When I started working there, we weren't on the air yet. So I was there from the very, very beginning. And after in the first few the first few years, the only kind of programming we could caption was stuff on tape or film. So mm -hmm. we'd get a movie in ahead of time or a sitcom or something. Or other. Basically, you'd put it in the machine, listen to the first line, hit pause, type in what you heard, hit go. This little line, type pause, type in what you heard, and so on. It was more complicated than that, but that was the, that's basically what you were doing. But after a couple, three years, we figured out how to caption something live, like news or sports. Mm. So we practiced and practiced and said, okay, you know, we're, we're ready now. And we decided that the first program that we would announce to the world that we're doing this should be a program that had high publicity value and low probability of error. So, in case it wasn't as good as we thought it was. Right? So, we chose the Oscars. Right? right? Okay. Great right. As, as a Great live choice. event? As, 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 as the live premiere was going to be the Oscars. Right. And this and was, this was uh, in the 80s? This is 1982. Yeah. Okay. And the reason we chose the Oscars was because the publicity value is obvious because Oscars are a big deal. Mm. Right. Uh, and the low probability of error is 
no big secret here. The Oscars are scripted, right? They don't get out and tell those bad jokes off the, off the top of their head. They highly oh, paid writers made them spoilers. up. Spoilers. Right? <laughs> they said the Oscar I don't folks. know what's worse about that finding out that the Oscars are scripted or that their jokes are still terrible and they're scripted. And it's scripted, yeah. <laughs> that's worse, right? right? That's worse. Scripted right. and terrible. So, you know, the Oscar folks said that we could get a script ahead of time and basically put it in a computer ahead of time and then we would have it there and the part that was really really like the, the award part is legit. They really do not know who's going to win. So, the only part we have to do really, really live is, and the Oscar goes to so-and-so, and then the speech. I'd like to thank my mother and father and dog and all that kind of stuff. So, and so if, if, the, if the live, live stuff wasn't as good as we thought, at least the rest of the show would be okay because it was okay. in there ahead of time. That was the thinking. Right. And the Oscar people said, great, good idea. You know, we'll give you the script, uh, but it keeps changing. So we'll give you the script, and the next day there's revisions. And the next day after that, there's revisions. And it gets closer and closer to airtime. There's more and more revisions. So someone has to be in charge of the script to make sure you always have the right version. Mm. And somehow I was chosen to be that person. So right. did you create Klingon because you was pissed off? <laughs> <laughs> so I went out to Hollywood uh, and called up people I'm supposed to call up and they said great welcome to LA well this is a Monday Monday morning I remember they said great welcome we'll have a script for you on Thursday so I had Monday Tuesday Wednesday with nothing to do which was fine with me because right. I'm you know, uh, and as I, as I mentioned I, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles so my family's there and friends are there but I hadn't told any of my friends I was going to be there because I didn't want to say, hi, I'm in town and I have no time to see you, right? But suddenly right. I did have time. So I got on the phone and was calling everybody. One of my friends said, where are you? Where are you calling me from? So I told her and she said, oh, that's like a mile from here. Why don't, why don't you come by for lunch? Okay. So I went to where she was for lunch, to where she worked. And where she worked was Paramount Pictures. Wow, oh, awesome. Her boss was Harv Bennett, who was the producer and writer or whatever for Star Trek II. Wow. Okay? And she was his secretary. And I knew, actually, I knew Harv and, and her both from a, a long time time ago. So, I, you know, I had, I had friends who were making Star Trek, but that was the, that's it. That's all I knew. Anyway, right. so she and I went out to lunch at, at the Paramount the commissary thing there with another secretary for another producer because there's lots of producers. And over lunch, the other secretary said, oh, I understand you have a degree in linguistics. Yes. And she said, you know, we've been talking to the linguistics department at UCLA recently. And I said, why? That's an odd thing to do. And she <laughs> said, well, there's a scene in the movie. At this point, Star Trek II, the, the filming was finished. So they were in post-production. They were editing. Um, she said, there's a, there's a scene in the film where Mr. Spock and this new character, a female Vulcan, have a short little conversation. And when they filmed it, the actors were speaking English because that's what the script said to do. But now that we're editing, everybody thinks they should be talking Vulcan. So... Right. What the hell does Vulcan sound like? So... <laughs> your idea was to hire a linguist from UCLA to come over and watch the scene, listen to the English, write down what the English was, look at the, the lips, the actor's lips, and basically make up gobbledygook 
that the actors could dub in it would sound very very different but look the same on the lips and then they put subtitles mm. what i did yeah. that with saturday cartoons okay same idea right all the time <laughs> so i said that's a very good idea i think i think i think that's really smart and hiring a linguist makes sense they know what they're doing about it and she said well, yeah we- for for post-production right because right. they could have yeah. It would have been nice if they had said, oh, you know what? You could actually hire linguists to write the lines in the script yeah. here. But they didn't think it. I'll tell you why they, they, changed it, they changed it, too, if you want to know that. But anyway, so she said, I said it was a good idea. And she said, yeah, uh, we thought it was a good idea, too. But it's turned out it's a headache. And now this mm. is you know, 30-something years ago. I don't remember what the headache was, but it just wasn't working out for some reason. And she said, I don't know what we're going to do. We have to have this taken care of right away. And I said, what do you mean right away? She said, it's got to be done by the end of this week, which is exactly how long I was in town for the Oscars. So oh, I said, I can do that. You know, you just did anybody me. say luck? Did anybody <laughs> yell out luck? Like, yes. <laughs> that's, why, that's, that's serendipity, right? Yes, that's yeah. like, yeah, like yeah, that's the of the universe. Yeah, so yeah. at that point, the uh, associate producer happened to walk by. They turned in and said, hey, we just solved the Vulcan problem. He said, what are you talking about? So she told him. He says, "Come see me after lunch." So that's how it happened. That's I got how I got hired on a full stomach. What? What I've told people is, you know, you know, I, I went there not to get a job, but to get a sandwich. You know, not only did I get a job, I got a, got a, I got a, I got a life, an interesting life out of it. So. They went for a sandwich, came back with a job. Came back with a job. I feel like, <laughs> with a I feel like that's how. Made up a little I bit feel of. Like that's how Hollywood works. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> a lot well. of has to do with, with, with eating and especially drinking. But I, anyway, uh, I, 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 I could do that to people. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, so, I'm so at, up, at that. I made up. Made up. Well, the I just want to know, Mark. Did you yeah. like? Did you were you familiar with Star Trek at that time? Oh, yeah. Like, did you like it or? Sure. Yeah. When when Star Trek was brand new, when the series was on TV, you know, the first time when there were new shows, mm-hmm. I was in college, and at the time, uh, in the dorm rooms, people generally didn't have TVs, so we, right. so we didn't see TV all that often. We knew we you know you knew what was going on. You'd go home on vacations, you'd watch TV, or somebody would have a TV and you'd see it, you know, now and again. So I was aware of Star Trek when it was new and saw an episode or two, but that's all. So I, so I really got to know it like most people during the reruns afterwards. So did I, was, it, I, I was very familiar with it and knew, and knew all about it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was, I was a major, major fan, but I certainly knew, knew all about it, yeah. Did it pique your interest or, or curiosity to say, oh, Star Trek, they're in space, they're meeting these aliens. It'd be cool if they actually talk some different languages or something like that. Did that ever cross your mind while you watched well, it? I, yes, yes, but but phrased a slightly different way. It was like, mm. they're traveling around in outer space. <laughs> How come everyone speaks English? I've <laughs> always asked that. Exactly. Yeah. I know. It's the universe. They, they eventually solved that problem. They have this universal <laughs> translator thing, but, and this comes up with, with Klingon all the time. Okay, they've got the universal translator thing. Then how come every once in a while, Spock would say a Vulcan word here and there? How come the Universal Translator didn't work? Because not everything translates into the appropriate 
Listen, everything about Star Trek can be explained <laughs> away. And I know. They did that with the first two. There's no answer to the question, but that was my question. I got you. I mean, the simple answer is Microsoft, but... Uh, we're not <laughs> tech shade tech shade always, we're just doctors always. we're not the writers so okay so so you get you get the gig to do I got the, the gig. Vulcan I did my, I did my little four lines of Vulcan and I taught mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the, the new female Vulcan character Savik right Savik Chrissy Alley yeah, yeah. Right? it's like her first that job in Hollywood or something. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! I'm thinking of two. Okay, my yeah. bad. Yeah, Savick and Cast that... Savick, didn't they? Huh? That's nothing. I'll oh, shut up. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm there. Uh, yeah. Kennedy alone. She's... Sorry. We Kennedy alone. She just got all that Star Trek knowledge in her head. So you know, sometimes <laughs> anyway, it leaks so, out. So I taught, taught Kirstie Alley, and then a couple of days later went back worked with Leonard Nimoy and we recorded the lines. At that point, I had Oscar stuff to do. So I left the, the soundstage place where we just recorded these lines, you know, realizing that I just taught Mr. Spock how to speak Vulcan. I thought that's mm. a good And went off to do the Oscars. And I honestly and truly thought that this was, you know, incredibly cool. Okay. I mean, as, as a linguist to be able to do this for any movie, would have been fun but mm-hmm. to do it for star trek was exceptional there's no question mm-hmm. about it. uh and i also thought that's the end of it i did it you know maybe 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 i'll be a footnote in some trivia book one day and that's the end of it but about a year and a half later i got a call from harv bennett who said well that movie did well we're making another one and the bad guys are going to be the klingons he says i checked around it doesn't seem that there's anybody in charge of the klingon language you did mm. both. You want to do Klingon? <laughs> That's how I got to do Klingon. Wow. But Klingon was very different because that, that was not, you know, matching lips and all that kind of stuff. That was basically starting from scratch. So, right. I, By that time, they said, you know what? We got to get that guy back and write this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Do it right. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, yeah we, just, we just can't do it like in post, like in the first day. Yeah. So, so and you know, Klingon, it, it, oh, go so, ahead, so, Kenny. So, so Go ahead. Oh, 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 I'm going to jump in. I'm jumping in. Um, if I can ask, I don't know where your line of questioning is going, Geek Soul Brother, but I- I'm, I've always been curious as to how much of Klingon had root in Earth languages and how much of it was completely constructed. Okay. It w- it's, it's entirely completely constructed with a footnote. Okay. Um, the, when, I, when I started working on Klingon, I realized that there already was spoken Klingon. Okay? Because in the first movie, in Star Trek The Motion Picture, the very, very beginning is the Klingons, where that that music came from that you played earlier. Right. Um, And we see inside the lead ship, and there's the Klingon captain or commander, whatever his rank is, and he's barking out commands. He says, Wicha, cha, yehosh. All that stuff, right? With subtitles. And that's before Hmm. I got involved. Yeah. And I found out later, I didn't know at the time, I found out later that those lines were all made up by James Doohan, right? Scotty. Right, remember that. And he recorded, my understanding is he recorded them, you know, on a tape or something and gave the tape to Mark Leonard, who's the actor who normally played Spock's father, right? Sarek. Sarek. Yeah. 
But in this one, he played the Klingon. Yeah, he's that's right. Him. So he had yeah. to say those lines. So he he listened to Jimmy on the tape and wrote down for himself what he was hearing, so he could memorize the lines. And then he said the lines, and that's where Klingon spoken Klingon really begins. Is those six eight lines, however many there were, at the very beginning wow. of the film. So I got a hold of the film and wrote down as best I could phonetically what he was saying and wrote down what the subtitle said. I said, okay, that's the start. So here's the basic syllable structure, the basic way a syllable works. Here's a bunch of sounds. There weren't all that many words. There weren't all that many sounds, but here's the start. And I built on those. But that was that was the basis. It was the basic seed of the way it sounds is from Jimmy Dillon, not from me. Wow. Uh, Oh. And it's in adding amazing. in adding stuff to it, I had certain certain things in mind. One was it was supposed to sound, you know, weird and alien and like nothing else or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, it had to be something that the actors could pronounce, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. uh, and learn relatively quickly because that's the way you make movies is relatively quickly. So I added sounds to Klingon. Uh, some sounds, in addition to the ones from the from the original movie, that were sounds from real languages, but not sounds in English. And then added right. a bunch of sounds that are in English because the actors would be comfortable with those. So it's a mixture of the familiar and the not familiar. So there's no sound in Klingon that you can't find in some language or other. Yeah. But the collection of sounds is unique. No language should have these sounds together in the same language. Because languages, are, as I said, Earlier, are systematic and patterned, right. and this violates those those tendencies. Now, well, Klingon we, will we, definitely we... violate you if you let it. Learn how to... <laughs> <laughs> uh... I, I was sitting here brushing up. Excuse me while I take the reins of the show. Um, I was sitting here brushing up <laughs> on on my Klingon, and I'm I have the audio book. A friend of mine put it in the Dropbox for me, so I have the audio book. Which, and which I'm sitting one? here. Sorry. Which which one? Which book? Um. The Klingon Dictionary, or I guess it's Conversational Klingon. Michael Conversational Dorn. Okay, okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Michael Dorn is narrating it, yep. which is a whole right. trip. Right. Um, and I'm sitting here trying to string these words together, and I, I got to tell you, I do really, really well until we get to numbers, and the concept of counting and time uh -huh. and just tense in Klingon throws me all the way the freak off. But it's just so much fun for anyone who hasn't so, tried to pick it up. It's just great. So Kennedy. Yes. I'm gonna switch the spotlight to you first. No, wait, hold up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm totally am. I totally am. This is what happens when you bogart the show. You yeah. get the spotlight on yeah. you. Yeah. No, I just want. <laughs> no, I just want to ask you, Kennedy, how long you've been studying Klingon? Well, um, actually, I, I, I asked you at the I asked you at the meetup, but I forgot how long you said. It's because it was a really complicated answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so once again. I, I bought the book, right? I bought the Klingon to English Dictionary at a Star Trek convention when Creation was still doing big conventions at Valley Forge, right? So I'm a kid. And I remember it distinctly because I also bought it, like, in addition to this book, I also bought a couple bars of Latinum. And the vendor tried to, like, haggle. Well, he was charging entirely too much money for this Latinum, so I just remember haggling. <laughs> like a Frankie? <laughs> he wanted, look, he's the six-inch bar... <laughs> of gold sprayed metal, okay? Gold press platinum, yeah. 
Oh, no, gold spray. Just gold, gold spray. <laughs> Not gold press, gold sprayed. Twenty dollars for two bars. I said, "What? I'll give you 10. He was like, "I'm not going down below fifteen. So we haggled. Anyway, I bought this book as well, and I remember getting home thinking, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna learn how to speak Klingon. Where all my friends, and nobody's gonna know what I'm saying, and it's gonna be awesome." And then, of course, there's no, you know, audible reference for Klingon. So I'm looking at all these terms and reading them phonetically in terms of how they should be pronounced, but it doesn't give you, you know, the full ability to to really get a grasp of it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. Certainly not if you're if you're watching it or trying to keep up that way. Now, did so you try I, to talk to your friends in Klingon? And how did that go? Uh, well, I would say the traditional greeting, which is Nuknek, which is what do you want? And people would be like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's wrong with you? Are you all right? Do you need a glass of water? Are you okay? So um, it didn't work out that well. But actually, <laughs> about a year ago, a friend of mine, again, dropboxed me conversational Klingon. And I was just like, so this is what this word sounds like. And it's like an audio tape, you know, just like you would learn French if you're doing business in Paris for a couple of weeks. It's the same mm -hmm. idea. So to answer your question, I would say casually for, you know, a long time, but like seriously, probably within the past year or so. What's that service that uh, teaches you all the languages? Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone speak Klingon. Mark has I woke up one morning and you know go online and on Facebook and the emails and stuff all of a sudden there's all these announcements that Rosetta Stone has now come out with the Klingon version oh, and I said yes. <laughs> really? I, I didn't know that, that. I didn't do it I'm getting emails did you do that did you know I didn't know anything about it exactly. and wow. the, 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 they showed the box you know and it had Klingon writing on it and it was correct there was a video that Michael Dorn did advertising this thing. Oh, it was amazing. And I now, said, why didn't I know anything about it? And then I remembered, I realized this was April 1st. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, nice. Oh, it was yeah. a gorgeous hoax. Okay. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. It was That's a awesome. One out. That one got me too. All right. So Kennedy and yes. uh, Shadow, you guys... You guys asked uh, some questions. I, I got more questions. I I actually have lingui linguistic questions in general, but I want to get the Klingon stuff, Mark, because it's so fascinating yeah. that you're that you've uh, developed something that's touched I don't know a billion people. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you, just, I... you just you just developed something that 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 is a hallmark of alien language. And uh, I think I think that's something incredible. It was. It's yeah. actually topic of some controversy too. It came up. I was just telling uh, Shadow Scout actually. Uh, it came up on Black Triples a couple months ago. Uh, somehow, me and Bat Triple got into it about whether or not Klingon was a legit language, and I explained to him very educatedly that of course it fucking is because it's got <laughs> grammar and syntax. And, you know, vocabulary and all that stuff. And right. his argument was yeah. that, no, because it was made up, so therefore it couldn't be an actual language. But my, a, my argument was all languages were made up eventually. Are made up, yeah. yeah. You know, at, at the very core, someone somewhere was like, this means that, and everybody agreed to it. So how is this not the same thing? And yeah. he, he egged me on for, for about an hour and a half. But, yeah. 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 
Well, it's no yeah. different than Elvish, which uh, Tolkien right. uh, oh, had right. a hand in developing and, and yeah. other things well, of that nature. Well, well, what we're speaking right now is just made up from various Germanic forms of... In, in Saxony. And, yeah, well, one, and the, yeah. one of the important differences, of course, is, is for what we're speaking now, you can't say who who did it first. Right. Right. Who knows? You don't yeah. know. With, with, with Klingon, with Elvis, you can say who did it first. But after that, it goes on its own. I was going to say, don't start talking about languages like y'all know stuff with the linguist on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know some things. I, again, I'm minor in anthropology. Oh, not you, not, not you, you, Kennedy. I'm, oh, oh, oh. I'm talking to these nerdy venoms here that always <laughs> yeah, talk like sleep. they know stuff. They do know stuff. Don't get it twisted. I got the best team when it comes to knowledge and stuff. You know, knowledge across the across the whole spectrum. Hey, but what? yeah, we we got like the master. We got the Jedi master of languages. Of languages, you know. <laughs> of, but this does bring up a good point. Go ahead, Shadow. This does bring up a good point, though, that I wanted to ask Mark. Is there any tension between conlangers and linguists? Uh, there was at one time, but now I would say no. I mean, for any individual, there might be, but across the board, no. Uh, conlanging has become sort of a, a, a legitimate subfield, if you will, of linguistics. So at colleges now, there's courses about conlanging. Wow. Both, both about the history of constructed languages and and you know what goes into making one up and some you know the the, the classroom exercise or term paper might be make up a language or make up a, a, a fragment of a language That's something like that. Uh, there's people are starting to talk about con languages in the context of uh, sort of you know what are they good for besides. Uh, Satisfying whoever whoever has made it up. You know, constructed languages over the years have been made up for various different reasons. So, mm-hmm. one of them, and Klingon fits into this, as does Elvish and Dothraki from Game of Thrones and and, and Navi from Avatar, is is languages made up to serve some work of literature and movies and TV counts as all that. Um, but another one, and Esperanto fits into this, is yeah. here's make yeah. up make up a language that's nobody's first language. So that different people can learn it. So if they get together, they can talk to each other. Okay, uh, mm. so have, a, have a language in common that's, that's, that's there specifically for communication among people who otherwise wouldn't have a language in common. And it's nobody's language, so that nobody has a leg up on anybody. Mm. Because if we all get together, people speak all these different languages, and uh, and the common language to everybody is English. If I'm an English speaker who speaks only English, I'm fine. Okay. I win, right. so to speak, because everyone everyone has to has to bend to my language. And you, uh, but you if, but can also dic- you can also dictate proper um, pronunciation. Right, right, right. You, know, you can settle those kinds of arguments, but also you're kind of socially or culturally one up on everyone mm-hmm. because because they're speaking your language. Right. right. They had they had to they had to, they had to defer to you a little bit, uh, but if it's nobody's language, and Esperanto is nobody's first language. That everyone's on a on a common playing field. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, so yeah definitely. So there's that kind of way. That's another reason to make up a language. Another reason some people make up languages is because they got the notion, and they're probably right, that that natural languages are ambiguous and full of exceptions and stuff like that. 
So therefore, that leads to misunderstanding. And wouldn't it be great for the world if we had languages where there was absolutely no ambiguity, absolutely no irregularities, everyone would understand each other. <laughs> so people are going to... The problem with that, of course, is everyone has different notions about, you know, the, the, the categorization of different concepts and stuff like that and what counts as ambiguous and what doesn't and so on. So those never work out, although they're very interesting exercises. Anyway, so that's the kind of stuff they, they teach. You. But what they found is... Mm -hmm. That uh, some of the, the uh, some of the languages that, that have caught on, meaning people are interested in speaking them above and beyond whoever created them, the person who created them, uh, and then and Klingon is that, and Navi is that, and Dothraki and some other things, um, is the 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 speaker the the language communities for those languages have developed language learning tools. Okay, especially now with the internet and, the, and computers and stuff, make little cartoons and flashcard things and all these kind of stuff. And these techniques that are developed for conlangs are starting to be used in language communities where the, where the languages are dying out, like some American Indian languages and languages in Asia and stuff like that, um, where the community is interested in bringing the language back or preserving it as best they can. And here's all these tools that were developed for conlangs that can be used right. to preserve natural languages so there's, See, that's there's, incredible. There's, there's, there's a crossover there's a, there's a synergy now yeah that's incredible and i was going to ask you before when you mentioned the closed caption captioning being a new technology at the time and then even even newer when you were doing it was the live action right. closed captioning and I, I was wondering what technology but you pretty much answer it now what technology how technology is being used today is it um, is, is it advancing linguistics in a you know in in a, a great way or or oh yeah 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 the the internet is, has made a huge difference uh, right for uh, for language learning in general there's all these different well the computers on the one hand the internet and the way you can spread it and and talk to each other easily um, is all, all these language learning things. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the interactivity where whether you're interactive with the computer or interactive with another person is a great learning aid you know for languages as opposed to just sitting there reading a book and hoping you got it right um, if you don't have if you don't have real people <laughs> sitting in the same room yeah, but Kennedy do you do you now do you um, do you use any type of uh, social media or social tool to you know, practice Klingon? No, I just listen to it and, and speak it and frighten my cats. Right, but when you when you get more comfortable <laughs> with it, then you can go online and use Skype or something like that and talk to folks. That would be cool. They're out there. What would be more frightening, you speaking Klingon to your cats or your cats speaking Klingon to you? <laughs> Yo, let me tell you this. If my cat starts speaking Klingon to me, guess who's about to get paid? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guess who's about to make money? Yo, I have him on this show. This show first, <laughs> and we'll bring Let's back. And we'll bring out. back Mark to, to talk to him. Yeah, yeah it'll be like the new Animal Planet show, the Cat Whisperer and Klingon. Yeah. Right, the right. Klingon Cat Whisperer. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have this fantasy. I gotta say, I, I've always uh -oh. wanted to do. Well, listen, calm down. Not that kind of fantasy. <laughs> Hold on. Um, Breathe. I've always, <laughs> I've always wanted to do. A, King, a Klingon cosplay, right? Because how 
awesome is being a Klingon woman. You know, it's speaking right. from the culture. Right. How it awesome is... to see Storm doing it. You scare me, and I'm only yeah, guy. <laughs> Storm Tribble doing cosplay. But just, just you walk into a room like already. Boom. Okay, okay, yes, great. I'm not gonna fight you on that. But, um, like, just speaking in terms of the culture, like, there's no real gender roles that I've been able to observe outside of women not being able to hold seats on the High Council. Like, they can't be members of the High Council. But, on, the, on the one hand, on the other hand, it's Star Trek. Uh, six is correct. They can run the empire. Right. I was about to say they 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 can't mm. be matriarchal at times though. Yeah. So I feel like even with those constructs, there are ways around the boundaries. Right. Um, and and mirrored in that is the the language itself. Like there is no way to casually speak Klingon. Like you you can try and be cute and and not put yourself out there. Like you're shy, but you're not. There, there's so many different nuances to the to the pronunciation that yeah. you have to speak it forcefully otherwise you're gonna miss something exactly. or mispronounce exactly. something um so anyway i say all this to say i would love 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 to find another group of people or a, even a singular person who speaks enough klingon that we could go to a convention one day right and just mess with people yeah. just like walk up to people who are drawing at, at their tables or or you know people <laughs> dressed as whatever and just start speaking just barking at them in klingon but nothing <laughs> offensive, like legit shit, like asking them where the bathroom is. Right, right. Nuke the right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't exactly. think they would know. Yeah, no, so when, when the, there's an organization that's been around for 20-something years called the Klingon Language Institute. And this is the yes. that's very serious about, about yes. studying language. And they get together. There's a big, a big convention uh, once a year in the summertime. Next one's going to be in Chicago in July. Uh, and they talk Klingon, and there's people there who are very, very good, and people who are brand new. And the ones who are good are, are super good. They can do simultaneous translation, like in the UN or something. Uh, and Karen Carter. Well, some of the people who come to this convention do what's called taking the vow. And the vow is that for whatever, whatever they designate, one day, two days, three days, they will talk to nobody in any language other than Klingon. Oh, and oh, nobody needs. Nobody, no one working at the hotel, no one working in a restaurant, nobody, right? So if they go to a restaurant and there's, there's a group of people who took the vow and a group of people who didn't, then the ones who didn't become the, the translators. Oh, oh my God. But if they go to a restaurant and everybody took the vow, then there's a lot of pointing at the menu <laughs> and sign language and things like that. They will not violate this vow. No. That is excellent. <laughs> yeah. There was a convention once in, it, it, usually they're, they, they've been in Philadelphia or Chicago, but this one happened to be in Las Vegas. And I got there after they'd been going for a couple of days. The things are, are three or four days, and I, got, I wasn't there the first day. So when I got there, things were already underway. And then the hotel it was in had a cafeteria that they ate lunch in every day, and that was the only place because this, this hotel was not in the main part of Las Vegas. It was not in the middle of the desert somewhere. Um, so there was no place to go except the restaurant in the in the hotel, and the restaurant was a, a, a buffet. You'd, you know, you slide your tray along the thing and take stuff. But drinks you would order from a waitress who came around, and the waitress was the same one all the time. And she learned the Klingon words for coffee and for coke and for water and stuff like that. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. <laughs> that's, that is crazy. Can I ask a question real quick? 
<laughs> Absolutely. Creator. Oh, have you have you ever have you ever corrected anyone? <laughs> like, <laughs> anyone ever spoke? Yes. I know many a times they have to walk up to you and just be like, "I know this." Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, challenging the master, right? Uh, yes. Uh, right. In, in in the process of filmmaking, yes, I will, I will correct the actors, um, mm-hmm. or or not, <laughs> depending on how bad the mistake was and how behind schedule we are there's all kinds of stuff that goes into movie making that affected the, the, the ultimate form of the language uh, but at a, at a convention or something like that then if, if someone asks a question like how do I say or is, or, or is that right or something I'll try to help but if they say something and are very interested and excited and happy about it that's fine that's fine <laughs> people Mark, out, Mark. there's people out there who are much 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 better Klingon speakers than I am because I, when I first did it, I didn't know that anyone was going to speak it, so I didn't bother to learn all the vocabulary. Mm. I mean, I wrote it in the dictionary and then and left it. Forgot it. But Mark, I think I, I, I think what Toby Wan's asking is, did you ever have to show somebody who's boss? Oh gosh! One time got close to that. I'll tell you, it was at a convention, at a, at a Star Trek convention, not a, not a Klingon speakers convention. And it was the autograph. There was an autograph line, and it was one of those conventions where you'd go from, if you wanted people's autographs, you go from person to person to person, like down a row. Yeah, right. And and you know, if, if you didn't know who it was, you'd skip them and all that stuff. Ooh. Anyway, I happened to be sitting next to George Takei. <laughs> oh. Yes. And, Wonderful. Uh, oh my. Yeah, and he had a good. <laughs> he has little conversations with everybody and so on. Anyway. So we're we're signing autographs, and a, a a mother and her her daughter. The daughter was probably seven years old or something. Came by, and the people went the way the line was set up. They went to George first, and then and I was afterwards. And they talked to George for a little while. George talked to to the little girl, and blah blah blah. And then they came to me, and the mother said to the little girl, "Go ahead, go ahead." And the little girl's very shy. And the mother says, come on, you can do it. And the little girl said something to me in Klingon. Oh, oh baby nerd. Wait, where's the story going? And, and I didn't know what she said. I didn't recognize it. I said, oh, because say, say that again. She said it again. I go, ah. And the mother says, doesn't that mean where do you keep the chocolate? And as soon as she said that, I knew what she was trying to say. Okay. okay. And I said, "Oh, I see what you what you're saying. It's, it should really be." And George heard this conversation, and mm-hmm. he and he said, "That means where do you keep the chocolate?" He said, "Yes." And he said, "Teach me how to say that." <laughs> I, said, I said, "Okay," and I started to teach him. He says to me, "Not you." <laughs> oh, 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 baby! So she said it to him. Not quite right, <laughs> but he learned right. it. Not quite right, <laughs> yep. and he repeated it to everybody else who came in line the rest of the day. Oh, God. Oh. So all day you're like, but really, it's really it's just, but yeah. Sorry, no. No. <laughs> Yo, that's like the best worst story ever. That was like <laughs> that was like going through Twilight Zone twice. <laughs> and didn't get the T-shirt afterwards. Yeah. Oh my goodness! All right, you guys, answer Kennedy. Go ahead, ask some. Um, 
I have a question. Some more questions. Yeah, I have a question too after. So. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be asking questions. We'd really more be just be talking at him, which I'm sure is not entertaining. <laughs> uh, you'd be I have a question. You'd be wrong. It's entertaining. <laughs> Go ahead, Shadow. So, so Mark, I'd love for you to tell us about your new documentary. Oh, oh yes. Thank you, Shadow. Yes. Yeah, so I and, and some other people are working on a new film, a documentary called Conlanging, which is about conlanging, and more so more more about conlangers actually than conlanging. It's about people who make up languages. Now, it's a little bit of historical stuff, but not just people who've made them up for the movies. Uh, the producers of this thing are people who have made up languages for movies. So I'm I'm a producer, uh, Paul Fromer, who made up Navi for Avatar, is one. David Peterson, who's uh, Game of Thrones and a bunch of other things. Uh, David Salo, who's... I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, yes, uh, the did, Tolkien guy. Yeah, right. Who, who uh, elaborated the Tolkien languages for the Lord of the Rings movies. Because Tolkien made the language up, he didn't make up enough dialogue. Plus, he had to make up related but different languages. Yeah. Uh, and Christine, I think she's, her last name is pronounced Schreier. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. But she did Kryptonian for one of the Superman movies. Oh, anyway, wow. so, so that's the producers. And we're all in the, in the movie a little bit. But it's mostly about people who, who make up languages for fun. Okay, because mm. they enjoy it. And some of the stuff they've done is so well thought out and so elaborate and so much a part of their lives. They've, they've thought about it for a long time. They have writing systems for some of them. One of, one of, my, one of my favorite ones is, is these two guys. It shows them the thing. They're holding hands, but what they're doing is talking to each other and not, not just yes and no. They're carrying on little conversations by squeezing. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> You know, so all kinds oh, of languages. Oh, I've had conversations wait, wait, like miss. those. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> said, I, I know all about those conversations. Oh man! So you said they're you, you said they're holding hands. They're literally communicating through through their hands. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's deep. That's deep. In, in a language, so, in a language, I guess. In a language that they made up. Yeah, not not in not in some kind of version of, of American Sign Language or something. Yeah. Because huh. I guess before we. I mean, being a linguist, you you know this in depth. Before we started talking as humans, we were touching each other, right? We were right. Um, well, we assume we assume each we, other. We don't, we don't know, but we whatever. Assume. Yeah, yeah. Assume, right, right. So yeah, that's deep. That's deep. Go ahead, somebody else. Well, um, I just have one other documentary question: Is Jason Momoa in this at all? Uh, he was. He was involved with it's. The reason, the reason I'm hesitating is it's not done yet. Okay. So it's gonna be in the that, yeah, yeah, don't give up. Yeah. Don't give up any... No, uh, no spoilers. No, no, no spoilers. I don't, I don't wanna, I'd, I'd be happy to spoil if I knew what I was saying. <laughs> 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 Something to look forward to. If you go online, there's a website, the, the Conlanging Film website, the little trailer, and he's in the trailer. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's mm. fascinating. How, uh, how, um, how hard... How hard is it to to teach somebody Klingon, Mark? Just like any <laughs> well, harder or easier than any other language? I would say it's not harder or easier than any other language because people have said things to me and to, and to other languages. You know, what's the easiest language to learn and stuff like that? And that that depends. Factoring out just that some people you know are more adept at it than others, ignoring that. 
what makes a language easier or harder to learn depends on what languages you already know. Okay, so, mm. so that if you know French, say, okay, it's probably easier to learn Spanish or Portuguese or Italian than it is right. to learn Chinese. Right. Okay. But, uh, so, uh, so, so given that, you know, Klingon is not any harder or easier than something else. It's kind of depends on what you know. Now, the case of Klingon is probably a little bit harder because Klingon doesn't resemble anything. Right. Right. So, so that, so, so no one has a as a head start. So I feel like, though, having just a, a general familiarity of what other languages sound like um, helps. Oh, and absolutely. Absolutely. The, the reason why I asked, you know, if it had any roots is because I definitely, in, in some of the consonants, I, I see hints of, of Hebrew and, and of Arabic, but not, not enough to, you know, actually resemble anything in those languages. But right. if you've said words in those languages, like, oh, okay, I put my tongue back here to make it sound like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You more, know, if I had the, sorry, more, the more different languages you know or have studied, then the easier the next one is, whatever it is, both in terms of pronunciation and in terms of grammar. Uh, how do you feel that about more and more uh, film and TV shows adding conlangs to their production, adding this great. additional layer of stuff? I think I think it's great, um, and and I take a little bit of. of Pride, but it's I don't know if, if I'm entitled to. No, you can. You take can take it. Pride take all the pride. It. It, all started, take it. it all started. Take it all. <laughs> yeah, it, it started with Klingon. Uh, prior to Klingon, um, the only time there was, that I'm aware of that there was a language in a movie or, or a TV show that was more than a few words. I mean, they've always been you know some gobbledygook languages, mm-hmm. but a real language that was thought out with grammar and vocabulary and everything. There was a TV show in the 70s called Land of the Lost. Oh, <laughs> yes. And then they remade it a bunch of years later, and then it was a movie a little while ago. And in the Every original... Saturday morning with my yep. Fruit Loops. Yep. <laughs> and the original one, they the, the father and the two kids are in some place where there's cave people and the dinosaurs, and they want to go back home and all this. But anyway, the, the, the cave people are called the Pakuni, and they spoke a language called Pakuni, which, which the visitors, you know, our guys learned so they could they could they could talk and stuff like that and the that language was made up by a linguist at ucla named victoria framkin and her Mm. idea was that her idea and the producer's idea both was that as the as the tv show went along they'd introduce more and more vocabulary and more and more grammar and repeat what they'd done before so that after a while they could carry on little conversation in this language and no one everyone would understand it Oh, which would be very cool, but they, the show didn't last long enough <laughs> to do that, so it, it never it right. never panned out. But that's the first uh, uh, attempt that I know of to, to use a real language for the they're not aliens, but for the for the for the other folks, you know, in a TV show or a movie. And the next one was Klingon, because all this stuff right. part, part is just is just gibberish. Uh, it's just gibberish because, like you say, there've been movies where. Yeah. You know, somebody would get lost, and and then they meet the the lost tribe of Atlantis or something mm-hmm. like that, and it just Speaking be of Atlantis, little... Uh-oh. <laughs> that's, that's the other one, right? That's the, that's, yeah, I did that too. <laughs> I did that too. That was me. Yeah. That was all. So yeah, you could definitely take credit twice over. Definitely. Yeah. But what happened? But what happened after? 
I guess it was Klingon and then Atlantis and then every everything else. Um, because I know when, when James Cameron was working on Avatar, you know, before it came out, but everyone knew it was coming out and they talked about it all the time and stuff. He's quoted somewhere as saying, his new language in Avatar is going to out-Klingon Klingon. Yeah, oh, wow. Not, that means yeah. said. Yeah, um, that was a fail. And, yeah, big time. And, and whether the language is good, bad, or indifferent. The language is nifty. Okay, the, the nifty. Nifty. Nothing nifty can out-Klingon Klingon. That's impossible. <laughs> nifty was like high yeah. school to me. But it, Just that word alone. Yeah, but the because fact, with the Klingon language comes the attitude, yeah. you're not going to out-attitude a Klingon. I know. <laughs> nah, no. But they did get the idea that it's it's a cheat to have people just say gibberish and, and right. try yeah. to have languages. So so that happened. All the game of the Game of Thrones. I mean, um, uh, George R. R. Martin made up a few words in the language, but not enough for the TV show. So yeah. They had to develop mm-hmm. a real language and, and so on. But they, yeah, again, Valerian they and Dothraki. Yeah. Valerian and and different different ages and stages of those languages and all that stuff. Um, and that's great. I, and I don't think they would have done that with, uh, with this, which, which is with as much uh, care and detail had not Klingon come around first. Now, it might have been something other than Klingon. It happened to be Klingon. Uh, I have a question. I have a couple of questions. Go ahead, Dalit. Well, uh, first question oh, is... Oh, hold on, Dalit. By the way, Mark, you... You did open the floodgates when you said that we could let you talk as long as you want, because we'll let you talk as long as you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you tell, but you tell us if uh, if time's right. you know starting to clock down or something. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I, I gotta I gotta leave at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon, but I'll, I'm okay until then. So. Oh okay. yeah. <laughs> Oh, we're good. Y'all go lose me before then. Don't say till Brooklyn, everybody. <laughs> Go ahead, Dalek. I'm sorry. Okay, so uh, my first question is, is, how did Klingon Shakespeare come about? Ah! Oh, oh man. Okay. <laughs> In Star Trek VI, all right, there's, yeah. uh, there's a scene. Well, let me take two steps back. When we were filming Star Trek VI, in the, in the script, it's filled with Shakespearean quotes. And as in the original script, some of them were to be spoken in English and some of them were to be spoken in Klingon. Virtually all of them, if not all of them, were to be spoken by Christopher Plummer, who, who played Chang. Um, and as filming went along, some of the ones that were originally in Klingon changed to English. Some of them got taken out altogether and so on. I arrived at the set one day, and the first person who I happened to bump into was the director, Nick Meyer, who said, oh, good, you're here. I need one more line of Klingon from you today. And I said, okay, what is it? And he says, to be or not to be. And I said, okay. And I thought, oh no. Because one of the things I talk about in the book is in Klingon, there's no verb to be. Mm. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, and I wasn't going to change that. Just, for, just mm. for the sake of this movie, right? We're not going to change it. Still verb to be. So what if I said, I said, what, what if it means to live or not to live? And he said, okay, that's fine. Go tell Chris. Now, Chris is Christopher Plummer. So I go to Christopher Plummer, and he says, okay, how do you say it? Well, there's a number of different ways I could have done it, but the way I, I did it was kind of down and dirty, and it was basically uh, live or live not is what I said. And the word for live, it's in the dictionary. I'm stuck with it. Whether it's good or bad or indifferent, that's what it is. 
is yin. So, so is yin is live. Par means or. Yin, live. Bet means not. So live or live not. Yin, par, yin, bet. And Christopher Plummer says, yin? Yin? He says, that's too wimpy. Think of something else. Those aren't the words that he used, but that's what he meant. You got so, a strong arm from people sometimes, Mark. Don't you let me how you cling on them. <laughs> this is a Klingon general I'm talking to. So oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's in makeup, you know. So uh, scary. They are. <laughs> anyway. I said, Alright, what if instead of yin we say tach? He says, say the whole thing. I said, tach, pach, tach, bet. And he goes, tach, tach is good. We'll keep tach. And up until that moment, tach was a suffix that meant to continue doing whatever the verb is. So eat oh, wow. plus tach means keep on eating. Walk plus tach means keep on walking, continue walking. So I kind of made it be a, a regular verb, not just a suffix that means to go on, to continue, to endure. So tach, pach, pach, bat means to go on or not to go on, to continue or not to continue. Ends up being which makes pretty good sense. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty good. So anyway, but when I did that, I had no idea where it's coming in the movie because it wasn't there originally, but they'd rewritten a, a scene. And the scene they rewrote was this uh, uh, big banquet on the Enterprise in the dining room. Right. Uh, and the Klingons are there, and the, and the Enterprise crew is there, and the leader of the Klingon Empire says, I'd like to propose a toast. You're drinking Romulan ale here, right? I'd like to propose a toast to the undiscovered country. And everyone gets this blank expression on their face, except Spock, who says, Hamlet, Act 3, Scene 1, or whatever the numbers are. I might be saying them wrong. Because that phrase, the undiscovered country, is part of the to-be-or-not-to-be speech. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then leader of the Empire, Gowron, uh, uh, Gorkhan, says, you, you, know, you, you can't really appreciate Shakespeare until you've read him in the original Klingon. And then, <laughs> well, because of that line, you can't really appreciate Shakespeare until you've read him in the original Klingon, the people in the Klingon Language Institute decided, well, if the Shakespeare plays were originally written in Klingon, we owe it to the, the to the galaxy or something, not wow. to translate, but to restore all <laughs> of Shakespeare back to the original Klingon. Wow! And the one they did first was Hamlet, because they had a head start. They had they had one line. They had time, yeah. <laughs> and because that was the one that was mentioned in the movies, and and it lends itself well to to kind of the Klingon psyche, except for the Hamlet is too moody for a Klingon. But there's lots of killing and stuff. So. Right. So you know about the... And they, and they did... I didn't have anything to do with it other than that one line. The talk, 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 bad. But everything else was done by the Klingon Language Institute folks. And it's an absolutely brilliant translation. They have a so Klingon you know about Christmas the book? Um, the, the Enterprise, the, the first adventure book? Uh, the novel? No. Where I just read it like a couple of weeks ago. And at the end of the book, at the end of the adventure, it's this... Um, the Enterprise First Adventure, I think it is. And at the end of it, they're um, on the Enterprise. They're watching the Klingons do. Uh, oh no, they're they're trying to give a uh, audience to the, to the Klingons, play to the Klingons. And the Klingons are just sitting there, and they, they seem pissed off as the story goes to <laughs> everybody. And then they do that. They do the, the, the Shakespeare. <laughs> 
apart, and then the Klingons start to like roar and like get all. all right. And everybody <laughs> on the ship is like, "Oh my God, they're attacking! They're attacking!" or whatever. But no, it's because they do that part, and right. it's like nobody understands it. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> as it's set out, and but they they understand it and took yeah. it in the book, oh, and good, it's, good, so, good. it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great, hilarious. That's the reason awesome. why. I have this um, conversational Klingon audio book, if you will, just because I, I connected with a person on Instagram who was in a production of a Klingon Christmas Carol. Ah. So that's a thing too, if you that's guys are thing. unaware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. did, did you had something to do with that, Mark? Right? Or I, I had I think two words. Yeah. The, the, okay. The, a Klingon Christmas Carol came about. It, there was there's a little theater company in Saint Paul, Minnesota who together with a Klingon fan club from around there, this is now seven, eight years ago, as a fundraising thing, decided to put on Klingon Christmas Carol, you know, Christmas Carol in Klingon. So they wrote it in Klingon and altered the story a little bit so it made sense from a Klingon point of view. It's 100% in Klingon. They performed it there, and it was so successful. It's, uh, they performed it there you know, again the next year. Then the theater company moved to Chicago, and they've been performing it every year. Uh, for the past seven, eight years. So besides St. Paul and Chicago, it's been in Cincinnati and St. Louis and someplace else. Washington, one one performance in Washington that I was in, that was pretty scary. Ooh. Um, I was Scrooge, but anyway. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but the, and the translation has been, has been uh, revised and modified and edited, so it's really an excellent translation. Oh. Uh, and it's performed, it's performed with, with surtitles, like an opera. So if you don't speak Klingon, you can still understand what's going on. And it's very oh. funny. It's very funny. It's, very, it's actually funnier in Klingon. Speaking of opera. The, no, I, I, I just want to say, I think I saw the book in Barnes & Noble. I was uh, paging through it. The, Kling, <laughs> the Klingon Christmas Carol. Yeah. Just cracking up at the, at, at, at the uh, you know, the child... You know the child drawings, the child book drawings. Oh, that's too, that's a different cool. book. That's a different book. I know, I know what you're talking about. That's that's another oh, okay. one. Yeah, yeah, the, okay. Okay. The, the, the performance is, is a different different set of folks. I got it. Yeah. Go ahead, Kennedy. I mean, okay. I uh, I wonder. This is a long shot, you know, but it doesn't nothing beats a failure, but a try. Worf was a huge fan of Klingon operas, and we uh-huh. only heard like a couple bars here and there. Mm-hmm. Is there a Klingon opera in some way, shape, or form in existence? Can I uh-huh. talk on the internet? <gasps> yep. <laughs> yeah, hit her hard with that one. Oh, in, like, in, yeah, she in, was like, oh, just fell to her knees, like, please. I think it was, it was, I think it was 2010, around there. Uh, there was a Klingon opera produced in the Netherlands. Oh. Okay. And the name of the opera is Oop. Which means universe. And oh wow! It's the story of the founding of the Klingon Empire. How Kalis slew the mighty tyrant Molor, and the whole thing. That was the thing. And it's the opera is one hundred percent in Klingon. It's sung entirely in Klingon. Uh, no surtitles. So this one you have to be prepared for. You have to. They tell you the story ahead of time. There's there's audience participation because at two points during the opera. You know, noble Klingon warriors die, and you know what? Oh, you do yeah. When a Klingon warrior dies, right? Shout to the heavens! Shout, exactly, heavens. exactly. So the audience is is told they're supposed to do that, and and all that. Uh, 
the thing was was kind of workshopped in in the Netherlands and also in New York in on Long Island someplace. They got a grant somehow to do this um, for wow. a, for, for a few years. Hmm? I'm find out where they get that money from. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the Holland part right. was dollars. Was the Dutch government? No language. Huh? Young I, I said, our dollars tax dollars going, going to Clinton. Well, the Dutch tax <laughs> dollars are, yeah. Um, I'm, they, hey, look, <laughs> it's, it's better than going to some other stuff. I yeah, tell you that. exactly. So anyway, so so it was written. The the libretto, the words were originally written in English, not in Dutch. They were written in English, and then they sent them to me, and I, with some help from the Klingon Language Institute guys. You know, translated the whole thing into Klingon. He has a team. He has yeah. a team. Listen to this. Translation team. <laughs> He's like the head of the team. Well, when I can't do it, I'm just going to send it out to my man over here. <laughs> Your ghostwriters. So, uh, then the guy who wrote the music, uh, the composer, sent me an email while all this was going on. And he says to me in the email, uh, you say here in this book, not, not in the dictionary, but this other book that I wrote, he says, you said that Klingon has a nine-tone music scale. And I did say that. I have, although I have no idea what that means. I just leave the sonic people. And he said, so how does that work? I said, well, how does it work? Well, is, are they equally spaced? Are the first two close together? And there's kind of a gap. And the harmonics and the resonance. And he's going on and on with all this technical terminology. Look what you did. Yeah. And I said, like, I'm a language, not a musician. So what have I, said, I done? <laughs> I, I said to him, clearly, you've thought about this a whole lot more than I have. So do what you think is right. Oh, wow. Yo, he probably, his mind exploded. He was like, yeah. yo, the creator of the language told me to just go away. Yeah. Go. And so then just trying to figure out what exactly a ninth chord, because octaves right. are a yeah, set of eight chords. So where is this? What kind of That's what he had augmented sharpness? Is it high or low? <laughs> yo, he's, yo, he spent all night. Right? Well, well, what he you, can did. Always, you can always just pull a moody blues and say the, the last chord is um. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bison's on the call, by the way, Geek Soul Brother. Bison? Bison for life? Hey, good evening. How are you doing? Uh, oh, there's somebody else. Hey, Bison. How you doing? Uh, uh, Mark, Bison for Life is is uh, uh, more than repeated guest. So he's he's a family member now, but right. he um he comes on the show and he always gives some insight and stuff like that. Bison, how you doing? I'm great. I have a question or two, if I may. Ask. Go ahead. Oh. Um. I know you're a linguist, and I I just want to know two things. One, does Klingon have traces of, um, I guess the best word would be the um, some African dialect where they use some of the click talk in the language. I don't know the exact language right now. It escapes me. I, I've oh, noticed. like the Bushmen, like the Bushmen yes. speak. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yes, and also um, I know in the the Klingon. Star Trek universe that you know the planet is sort of is a warrior planet, but are there certain um, you know there languages for different classes? I mean, does the people in a high council have the same you know if a, just a regular run of the mill um, Klingon um, 
Oh, is is, 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 there cla- is there classism? Yeah. Yeah, I talk about Chinese. Right, so, so it's two questions. One is when is when is the clicks and one is the is the classes. Uh, for the clicks, no. In Klingon, no. I thought about it when I when I was first thinking about the language and decided not not to do that. Uh, partly because I didn't know that the actors would be able to do it. <laughs> uh, at least not learn it quickly. Um, right. There in in which one? Uh, the, the 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 second J.J. Abrams movie, Into Darkness. Mm. Okay. At the beginning of that movie, there's a race of people who are running around, and the, and the right the Enterprise is underwater, and they think the Enterprise is a god or something or other. That those right. folks. Okay. Yeah. In the original version of the script, they had a language, and that language they wanted. The, the, the producers told me, or somebody connected with the show, said they wanted to have clicks in that. So, we, so I made a language that did, that did have clicks, and the, the main guy, I, don't know, I can't remember what these guys are called, but the main one of them was supposed to sing, and he worked out this way to chant in this language with the clicks and all that stuff. And it was really cool, but it never, it never made its way into the film. You hear them mumbling a little bit because you can't really hear them, but it's, it's, it's right. not really there. But there were there were clicks in that one. Um, as far as the class is concerned, there's there's no uh, linguistically speaking, there's no there's no class distinction. But uh, uh, I, t- I talk about in the book that in Klingon there's different there's different parts. I mean, the planet's a planet. It's not. It's not just a little city, um, right. and and there's different parts of the planet. And it's somebody an has a cold. <laughs> it's me. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I think. I think. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. She, she's so another <laughs> language right now. Yeah, she's practicing. Hush up! Hush up! No, but anyway. So, so I I talk about how if there's some kind of a, a political upheaval in the empire, and a different emperor comes in. I mean, they've changed over, the writers of Star Trek have changed the whole political structure there over the years about who's in charge as an emperor or a chancellor or this or that. But anyway, who's ever in charge, if, if, if that person comes from a different part of the planet that speaks differently, then that becomes sort of standard Klingon and everyone has to kind of alter <laughs> their way of talking. To, Are to you talk. serious? Yeah. 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 Well, it was like that in, in England. Right. In was... Yeah. It varied upon, you know, how, how long the first part of the king's finger was or how big his foot was, was a foot. Which, which yeah, brings up a comment. A... No, it brings up a comment from Muskie in the chat. He said he would love to hear Klingon Cockney at this point. Uh, <laughs> Klingon Cockney. Actually, actually hold that thought and I'll come back to it. Um, so anyway, so there's, there's, that, there's that kind of, of, of class thing going on, but everyone's supposed to, in theory, adopt the, the way of speaking of, of who's ever in charge at the moment. Now, in the filming of Star Trek Three, which is the first one I did the Klingon for, um, they, the Klingons, uh, amongst themselves, sometimes speak Klingon and sometimes speak English. Okay, now when, when the Klingons are talking to Kirk, you know, then they talk English. But the Klingons mm. amongst themselves sometimes talk English. Mm. And the writers... And, and, and the producers have talked about why is that? You know, why why are we showing them talking English when they're together? Why aren't they just talking Klingon all the time when there's no non-Klingons around anyway? Uh, the real, real reason is they didn't want to have too many subtitles. <laughs> but 
but they made up a story oh. reason. And, and in, in the first page of the script, they actually put this, that Klingon is a hierarchical society, a, you know, a, a, a class-sensitive, if you will, society, and the higher class and the lower class. Among the, the traits of the higher classes, which is the military class, uh, is a better education. And part mm. of a better education is learning foreign languages. So, so a lot of these higher class people, higher ranks in the military and higher ranks in the government, are bilingual or trilingual or something. And they use the non-Klingon language for two reasons. Sometimes they use it just to show off you know, that they're special, they're above everybody else. And sometimes they use it to keep secrets from the people who don't speak it. So they can keep speaking oh, that's secrets from yeah. them. And they, they thought of all this as a rationalization for why the Klingons are sometimes speaking English to each other. Other, other than the, we don't want right mates up to it. Yeah, mm. Other than that, that yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a, that kind of goes into my, the other question I had. Which is? Uh, oh, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, um, how much of, like, say, um, how much did, like, say, Science fiction after like Star Wars did it, where they had put subtitles on the screen. Was there like more of a freedom to actually say we could have lines not in English and what what amounts to an English language movie, and people will still get it? Maybe well, because they've always, yeah, they've, they've always every time there's been a science fiction movie with with not every time frequently when there's a science fiction movie with aliens. Okay, uh, for for a long time we were talking about this earlier. For a long time. You know, you travel around the galaxy, no matter where you go, everybody talks yeah. English, right? Yeah, yeah, the, well, the old Star they, Trek. But they wanted to not do that. They'd have people speak basically gobbledygook for a short time and then figure out a way so they could all talk English from, you know, going forward. Yeah. Uh, but all of that is, for the most part, has just been just been gibberish. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and it's only primarily when, when Klingon came around and then afterwards that, that, it, that an attempt was made to make it make it be a real language. Right. Um, so basically, Han Solo could like have to listen to like a few seconds of Huttese before he blows away Greedo. Right, right. And uh, Star Wars uh, is is the counterexample to all this because Star Wars has never made a, a real language. Mm-hmm. Okay, meaning meaning you know, consistent of vocabulary and grammar and all that stuff. Is uh, it what there ever they, reason? They, they, uh, it's just a d- different approach to movie making. Yeah. Okay? Oh. Okay, because they went. They set out to initially when they made the first Star Wars. They set out to make a movie, not not to make this incredible. Create an entire subculture as exactly. we know it. Right. right, right. <laughs> oh man! Now Here I feel like go. a fool because so, I understand everything in Star, yeah. Star Wars. Exactly. Oh my gosh! Yeah. No, so it's Star Wars, you know. So they, they've used different approaches in in Star Wars. Oh, one of the common approaches they use is to base it on real languages. Okay. But not real words in that language. This is mm. not the language mm. that you are looking for. Uh, <laughs> gonna do it. So, uh, May I ask another question? Yeah. Uh, this is Bikes for Life. Um, uh, a very interesting conversation. I don't know the exact number, but I've read that you know every day or every week another language disappears from the earth in one form or another. But do you do you mix in? Um, I guess the best term would be dying languages into the Klingon language that sort of, sort no, of preserved or, or any in language. some form of fashion. Yeah, 
No, no. Uh, for, for for Klingon, I, I, now the people who make up, you know, other languages for other things can can speak for themselves. But for Klingon, when I originally did it, which was for Star Trek Three, I was uh, tried very very hard to not make it sound like any real language or to take something from any real language, uh, because well, for two reasons. One is I wanted it to sound like some weird new thing. But the other one was, at the time, all we knew about Klingons was what we knew from the original series, right? Which is, and actually, the Klingons weren't in the original series all that much. They're 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 the main plot element in only what yeah. three or four episodes or something. Yeah, yeah, one of the uh, comedy. Yeah. Um, so we knew about them from that, and I knew about the Klingons in the script for Star Trek Three because I read the script, so I knew the story. And the Klingons in that movie and in the original TV series are. These, you know, it's a warrior race, and they're mean, tough, awful people. Right, because okay. they're supposed, they supposed to be the Soviet Empire. Right, so. right, and, and they're portrayed as there's there's, there's nothing uh, uh, praiseworthy about them at all. Now, when the next generation came along and deep Space Center and everything else, then they got into Klingon culture and background and history and all these things, and they became very interesting. This whole notion of honor and blah 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 got got incorporated, and suddenly now the Klingons are. are are an interesting group of folks, but originally they were just scum. So I didn't want to make up a language and have someone say, "Oh, that language sounds like like Portuguese." What do you have against the people in Portugal? Why did you model your language after them? So I purposely didn't take anything real, you know, for, for that reason. But that that was was, was one of the reasons. Um, My assumptions. Yeah, but can with, we with, oh, go ahead? Can we talk about Atlantean for a minute? Yeah, because <laughs> because a lot of people don't know that that I mean we've yeah. mentioned it earlier tonight obviously but you know a lot of folks aren't aware of first of all that Disney made an amazing movie called Atlantis that required another construct language is this another one that I'm, was completely you know from ground roots up or yeah yeah it started this was started totally from scratch there was there was no Atlantis the motion picture to look at when I you know when I started. Um, <laughs> And Atlantis, Atlantean language was a totally different uh, notion from from the get go from from Klingon, because Klingon, my thinking and making it up, is, was it had to be as unlike anything that I could make it, given certain constraints of you know human teeth and tongues and throats and everything. Sure. Uh, in in Atlantis in the movie, the story. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but anyway. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, recently, I've seen it. So. Really? Good. Yeah, there's <laughs> it's a, a good one. It holds up. It, it does hold up. I think it's good. And the heroes are linguists, so that's cool. Right. So What's not to love? Yeah. So they go, <laughs> the, 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 the group of explorers, including the linguists, get to Atlantis. They manage to get there, right? And the Atlantean people kind of come out of hiding and look at them, and they talk to them in this weird language, which our guys don't understand. And then the Atlantean people try other languages. They try French and Spanish and Chinese, and I don't know what else. And eventually settle on English. And one of the people says to, to our linguist character named Milo, how did they learn our language so fast? And in the script, uh, what Milo responds is, oh, that's because their language is a root language. It's the language that all the languages in the world come from. That's where they could learn so fast. Mm. And 
when I saw that in the script, I said to the, the producer and the directors, I said, no. That doesn't make any sense. That's not how language history works. Power and knowledge. There, you know, there's, came there's, in there. there's no such thing as Came that. in there like a boss. And, right. And even if there were some language like that, Milo wouldn't know it. Nobody knows it. You know, and no one can figure it out. That's one of the one good going to be one of the, until we have time travel, that's going to be one of the great mysteries. Um, so we should come up with some other reason that they decided to talk English. And I gave a few suggestions. None of them were real good, but I gave a few suggestions. But when they filmed the thing, or filmed as a cartoon, when they, when they made the thing, that line remained. Okay? So I said, all right. So this language I make up, I'm not going to make it up a root language because that doesn't make any sense to me. But I have to make up a language that has characteristics such that Milo could come up with this theory about a root language, even if he's wrong. There has to be something mm. to lead, lead him to that, even, even, if it's, even if it's bogus. So unlike Klingon, Atlantean has very, very common sounds, very, very common grammar. For vocabulary, I looked at ancient, ancient languages, and if I could find something that meant the right thing, I would adapt it and pull it into this language. Wow. It's like a 180 from, mm. from Klingon. So was ancient Minoan a factor in that language? That one, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, uh, Proto-Indo-European was, but not, not, not Minoan, no, specifically. Okay. Wow. Mark, um, it, it, as much as you gave us freedom, we... we Probably should wrap it up so that we can have time to now do a little news and everything. More knowledge, <laughs> but I, I along with Kennedy um, and all the Venoms want you to want you to come back. If you, I mean, I got tons of questions too. Sure, don't think no, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to come back. Yeah, and 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 don't let when my ADD kicks in, I'll have you talking about all kinds of stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> And languages that you um, create. Yeah, one more thing. That'll create on spot, like I just did about teaching, you know, computers how to talk, and I want to know that, but not write this. I want to give the. I want to give it up one. uh, um, uh, One more question from Kennedy or anybody else that uh, wants to throw one out there. I'm sure Kennedy has a ton. Well, I guess being a linguist, the the one question I gotta ask. Is do you do you have a favorite language, like something that? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait! Uh, You mean a man that creates languages that study? Well, I mean, okay, I can see that. But other than that's a valid question, actually. That's good answer. Good answer. I put it out there. I thought myself, and yes, it is. It is because I mean, some languages are are more fun to use than others. Some are, are more of a of a stretch depending on what your yeah. linguistic palate is. Right, right. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe he was like, Portuguese is my shit. Who knows? <laughs> no, I'm with you. Of, of, all the, of all the languages I've studied, there are two that I, that I, that I really, really like. Neither one of which I can speak. Um, one of them is Burmese. I think Burmese is, is terrific. Um, and, and the other one is Navajo. Oh, Yeah. If I was going to order them, I'd put Navajo first, because Navajo is just, is just so fascinating. It's so cool, the way that language works. I can say one thing in Navajo. Which is? Yatehe. Yeah, Yatehe is hello, yes. Yeah. Oh, I thought... You can say hi in a lot of languages. tell the kids to cover their ear. 
Yeah, I, I, can say, I, I can say one phrase, and it's been so long, I'm probably going to mess it up, but I'll say it anyway. Which is, which is, uh, Wow. Which means the mountain lion climbed up the tree, or something like that. Something. That almost sounded a little Welsh. Well, that's by accident. Are you trying to call them out? No, 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 no. I'm saying, obviously, there's no common root there in terms right. of geography, but... You know, just to but say, no, I'm learning. There's, there's, there's actually one of the sounds in Navajo is, is this. I don't know if that came over clearly or not. This L kind of sound. Right. Okay. And that's also in Navajo. And it's very common. It's very distinctive in English. So. I just, I, I don't know. You said that. And I, all I heard was the ski kim right, which is I'm learning how to speak Welsh. Ah, how many languages do you speak, Kennedy? I'm about to go back right? to school for languages. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to and do. And here I'm struggling with French for crying out loud. I, I speak uh. one language fluently, and I, I dabble in, in others. But there's one language that what? I speak What, one language, Earth? <laughs> American English. I speak American English fluently. The others I can play around in and pronounce well. The well. fact that you're playing around with them is incredible. Um, yeah. And... There, there's a reason we asked you on the show. It's because you're smart. Because I'm a language nerd? <laughs> yeah. <Yay. laughs> a, we need nerds in language of all nerd. cultures. Man. I see here. Thanks, guys. All right. So um, I have a question that I always ask my guests. Uh-oh. I'm going to ask Mark and oh, I'm okay. going to ask yeah. Kennedy. And I want my nerdy events to hush up because they think it's corny. <laughs> You better, get it, quite... it, uh, you better you. get it right this time, though, sir. Did I not get it right last you time? Did... That was Samara. That was Illuminous that yeah. got it wrong last time. Oh, you better call correct... out your right wrongs. Yeah, you better... You, you, yo, you better <laughs> know how to ask the question when you're hosting one day. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> Mark and Kennedy, Mark first. Um, there's an apocalypse that happens. Okay. Okay. And it's caused by one of five things. I think it's five. Uh, would you survive, or, or which one would you not survive? The robot, vampire, alien, zombie, or Smurf apocalypse? Which one would I not survive? Not survive. Like which ones could you can handle all the others, but would you know? To a varying degree, but do. the one that you definitely couldn't survive is which one? It's probably the zombies. zombie. It, it, zombies. It's a uh, um, zombies. The zombies. What? Uh, Every zombie movie out that? there is like a how to survive zombies. Come on, man. If, if there was no, 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 if people would survive, you wouldn't need so many movies. Ooh, there you go. Oh. Good point. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Dun, 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 dun. yeah. See, the thing that's the thing about these movies. The guys in the zombie movies—they're not very good at surviving in them. They really aren't. Nope. <laughs> so they're not they're teaching you anything. Them. Well, they were they were better than the ones in the beginning. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, Mark, is that because is that because you can talk to any all the others except the zombies? Because, yeah, I was I was going to phrase it differently, but yeah, they're they're the ones. I mean, they they go out like brains brains because they don't have any. And so there's no <laughs> there's no nothing. No just, reasoning. I can't yeah. even speak yeah. to them yeah. in their own language. <laughs> Their language so, is dead. Kennedy, <laughs> literally. Kennedy, yeah. Kennedy, what, what about you? Robot, alien, 
zombie, vampire, or smurf? Which one would you not survive? I have questions. When you say alien, do you mean like xenomorph <laughs> oh, aliens or like... As in extraterrestrials of any, any kind. Any any from outer space. From from uh, They all attack at once, from xenomorphs to oh, uh, Mars God. attacks. Oh, they'll, they'll cancel each other out. I'm not worried about it. Um, but they're coming after you. No, they're not. They can't beat me. <laughs> well, they want to kill the humans first, and then they'll cancel each other out. So could you survive it? or? I, I would say, um, barring me getting my hands on an EMP, I would be mm-hmm. able to survive all of them, but the robot one. Oh, but oh. the robot. Gotta say, because I, I, I like to shoot, y'all. I go to target practice. Right. I don't own any right. weapons, but if I get my hands on one, it's a problem. But there the robot, so take the bullets. And I should be concerned at this point. No, you shouldn't. She says something should, like that. You should want to be on my team. You should want to be on my team. That's what oh, it wait, is. Well, yeah. see, we didn't even think you would allow people on your team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what I was going with. Well, I mean, hey, as long as you, you know, carry your own weight, then sure, you can lock and load. But if you can't lock and load, guess what? You're bait. <laughs> Yo, and, and I'm, I'm, bringing, why the, I wanna... I'm bringing the Smurfs with me, so we're good. We and, good. And this is why I want a thermite cannon. cannon. <laughs> yeah, but against a robot. Like like Kennedy said, EMP. You gotta come with the big guns. No, you just That's need a USB. Thermite cannon will You need, you need a USB, USB flash. Listen, you need a listen, USB to find the right slot. This isn't Terminator <laughs> Salvation, yo. Thank you. Upload a virus. It was all I'm thinking of is the Matrix. And they needed EMPs. Because those, ro- those, those bots were a little too smart for their own britches. So, well, the boss was true. able to put them to sleep and put them in a dream that they that's didn't what I'm saying. Know if they were oh, fuck all that. Fuck all that. All right. Tangent. Tangent. <laughs> yep. Mark, um, thank you. Oh, you're thank welcome. you for coming on. Show. Thank you for inviting me. I, uh, we all of us want you to come back. I, I want to, I want to ask you more about linguistics and really. I, I think I would even. We used to do a show called uh, Geek Soul Brother After Dark where we tackled like social topics and stuff uh-huh. like that. I would love to have you on the show if you wanted to, if you would be obliged to um, talk more about language and sure. linguistics happening in social media. They they talk about new languages developing in social media that you know we don't exactly speak, but we're starting to. Mm-hmm. Like everybody Emojis. says, LOL. And, right, right. Yeah. Emojis. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So... Yeah, I would love for you to come back. We we definitely do a special topic on cool. just humans, communication, and technology yeah. and stuff like that. If you'd be obliged, sure. great, great, sure. that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. All right, so next week right. you can come back. No, I just I'm just playing. <laughs> but no, we'll, we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely have you back on the show. Is there anything you want to tell the audience? A shout out? Uh, anything you're working on uh, uh, besides the documentary or something like that? Um. Uh... Let's see. What am I working on that I can tell you about? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are you going that to won't any get you cons? In trouble. Are, are there any cons or anything? That yeah, you're going actually, to? in um, not next week. Week after next, I'm going to be in Canada, in Calgary, Canada, at uh, Calgary Expo. Something at a no. I'll, I'll be that in, in September. Um, but it's something called Languages Lost and Found. Oh, huh. it's a group hmm. of people to talk about languages that are dying or have already died languages that are coming into being like conlangs uh 
So it was that kind of discussion. And also, it's going to be a bunch of poets. So oh, it's wow. kind of an interesting get-together of these things. It's sort of sort of a, a loose format. I mean, there's a couple of, of pre-assigned, if that's the right word, sessions. But it's mostly just, just conversations. So I'm doing that. Then I'm doing a few cons. After that, I'm doing one in Orlando, one in Dallas, and the and the Klingon one in Chicago in July. That oh. I might have to make it out to that. There might have to be a triple road trip. <laughs> go to go to k k kli kli dot org. Kli dot org. Got it. Thank you. There you go, Kennedy. I was about to say. I, um, I was about to say that. If you're going to Calgary, you could say hi to JD. Yeah, that's what I was say. We should send JD to that. Oh, oh definitely. <laughs> one of our probably, so, one of the nerdy vendors is not here tonight, unfortunately, yeah, Mark. So, so yeah, Mark, our our we're spread all over, not just the United States, but the northern oh, continent, wow. cool. and we all come together on Skype. So, yeah, and I'm going to be in Pennsylvania. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, wait, whoa. Coming up. Wait, what side of PA, though? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get that right. That would be Harrisburg. Oh, split the difference. Okay. <laughs> she might have to, she, she will have to do a road trip to there, too. <laughs> oh, I couldn't make one out there. Mark, I think we found you your first stalker. <laughs> I'm not, wait, she's listen. been stalking for a while. He hold up, wait a minute. Hold on, 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 time out, hold on. First of all, I'm not stalking uh-huh. anybody. Just because, just yeah. because yeah. I'm taking the time to try and learn a constructed language doesn't make me a stalker, okay? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And have a... makes me a fan. Well, we we're, we're just going back to we're going back to your your old school days. We still think that you're sitting in the dark, like someone will understand me. <laughs> someone will understand. That gives you an insight to what teenage years in my life was like. <laughs> a whole lot of alone time. Exactly. Kennedy, I'm I'm gonna give you, you, you this is Geek Soul Brother ner- Nerdy Venoms, but as an ambassador of the Black Tribbles, if you want, or if you can wait till if you want wait till later. If you want to induct Mark into the uh, Tribbles, Ooh. Tribble Nation, Ooh. I don't can be my I, guest. Well, I appreciate the offer, but I don't know if I'm able to do that on a different show without having another no. Tribble present. There's rules and guidelines for Tribble Nation. But I had to, I had to make the offer as far I as diplomacy. That. What I'm going to do though is I'm going to continue to put my information in Mark's general directions. This way we can stay in touch, and he can come on my show later. Yeah, Mark, I think I think you're going to have a slew of uh, podcast interviews. Cool, excellent. (laughs) From the the blurred, (laughs) from the blurred, the blurred, aka the black nerd community. (laughs) I think you're going to have a, I think you're going to have something going on there, Mark. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot. Um, uh, I'll probably be picking up a Klingon dictionary. Do it. Or something. Let me give you this your info. And, uh, the, the, my Dropbox. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. I'm going I'm to have my little library, you know. <laughs> library Klingon. Now, me reading books, pretty slow, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. But thanks, Mark. Thanks right. again. Right. Really appreciate it. Yeah. 
actually, if you want to stick around, all we're going to do is uh, do some nerdy news and and uh, cut out Kennedy. You too, of course. I you you should stick around if you I, got I the would, time. It's not I too would late. love to. I would love to. But as you can tell, I'm sick as as death, and I. Uh, oh, that's right. You are. So I'm sorry. I yeah. Well, your sound rest. the sound effects of you blowing your nose will probably work in a couple of the articles. So you know. uh, okay, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. Hey, I, <laughs> I am always there to add a, a, a helping hand. <laughs> Wherever I can get She's in, I will fit. Hype woman of the year. <laughs> All right. Mark, you, like I said, you can stick around. We're only going to do some uh, news that, you know, nerdy news that talked about this week and stuff. If you All want right, to. I'll, I'll listen. Or, I'll listen, sure. Can I, now before see, I go? It's an A-plus guest. <laughs> for real, for real. Before What's I up, go, Kennedy? can I teach you how to ask for the bathroom in Klingon? Why, you need it now? But yeah, go ahead. I don't need it now. I know where my bathroom is. I'm just <laughs> saying, if you want to freak somebody out in the near future. <laughs> yeah, Toby, Toby Wan Kenobi knows where it is, too. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm not in her okay. bathroom. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's creepy, but all right. Um, <laughs> all freaking out people. That's what we do. Yeah. So, where is the bathroom? Nuktach och puchpa'e. Can we do that in two parts? No, because I didn't get to learn it in two parts. <laughs> <laughs> Worf threw it at me. Worf was like, say it right. I was like, yes, sir. Okay, one more time. Nuktach means where? Nuktach. 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 Nuktach och puchpa'e. Nuktach och <laughs> you see, you're speaking it timidly. You have to say it with your chest. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my chest popped out too. Like, oh wait, he, he, he's the chubby though. I'm... Doesn't matter. I have a chest. market. <laughs> so it's like it's like. Uh, remember how I was saying how there's there's roots and or at least it sounds like there's uh, elements of Hebrew and, and Arabic in there. There's lots of lots of guttural elements to Klingon. So it's nuktach och. But see, that, that's the problem is there are no bathrooms in Star Trek, so. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's a Mark, is, that, is that right? Is that. What, I mean, that's, that? that's the only reason why do you need to. Well, know. there's one. I mean, that's the question. Could you imagine trying to find a bathroom on the Klingon attack cruiser? Gotta know how to <laughs> oh, ask. Oh, my goodness. Gotta know how to ask. Otherwise, it's just gonna be like, get out of here, human. Mark? Yeah. I thought we lost you. Oh. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I want to make sure we didn't lose it. Was that correct? Was, Is she was, saying it right? Or was Kennedy? Oh, she's saying it exactly right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's yes. nice. There we go. That's uh, how good do you feel, Kennedy? I feel so good. She's going to the bathroom right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is fun? The the Klingon word for when is whore. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> no. Wait, no. not when it's, I'm trying to think of the phrase is horfamage, which is when do we eat or something like that? When do we fill up? I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. I was trying to cram at the last minute, guys. It's like I'm having flashbacks man. to college. <laughs> right. I just feel That's I just it. feel I just feel like I'm in that scene from Star Trek Six where they're with the dictionary and like Say that they're trying to deliver food, but said they're just reaching. Yes, why not? That scene, as as original, I don't know about originally written, but that got revised and revised and revised, and 
and the way the, the Klingons were portrayed got changed a few times and so forth. But in any event, in one iteration of it, instead of looking at all the books, they just used the computer to ask it how to translate these things, right? Yeah. And if you look at that scene, Uhura's sitting there and sur- with all the other people and surrounded by books and all that, on the computer screens right behind her is the Klingon phrase that they're looking for. Because <laughs> when they redid the scene, they didn't redo the artwork. Oh, snap. <laughs> wow. They talked about how they couldn't use the computer or something or other, but they didn't change, they didn't, they didn't change the graphics. So, so the computer froze. The computer froze on like, the answer. The right answer. <laughs> but it was like, no, it's <laughs> frozen. It can't book. be right. I, 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 ch- I chopped this fail up to Michael Okuda. Yo, I'm blaming it again well, on Microsoft. Michael, I'm with Michael you. Okuda and I talked about it, which is how it got up there in the first place. But it wasn't his fault that he didn't get it taken down. He was doing something else that changed the idea. Right. right. So many things. All right. All right, Kenny. All right. Kenny, thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having coming me. on the show. Yes. You going to come on again because you have an open invitation. Oh yes, I would love to. When you decide to take it, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, literally, to... literally, you could just call up and uh, join the conversation. You don't need that. That's bad news, bears. Real, for real. No video. Sanity. <laughs> well, not today. Other time. Oh, oh, oh. So you're saying no? Just period. No video. Period. Oh, no video. Very no video. If you want to, yeah. hey, it won't stop you. Yeah. Can't stop you, but but, but we won't. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be part of this. Um, thank you, Mark, for listening. All right, thank to you. It's a great conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and keep nerding on, guys. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. See you on, uh, right. see you on Black Tribbles. Get yes, better. Sir. Yes. Well, get better. All right. Mark, if you're sticking around, we're going to do a few minutes of news and, and uh, wrap up the show. Really appreciate it, though. It's That was an awesome conversation. That was really... I got I got yeah. lots more things to talk about, but next time. Next time. Next time we need more. But uh, I'm turning everything over to private for our nerdy news. We usually have music for. Uh, no, okay. Um, okay. It's not... I guess we're... Exactly. It's like Take away privateness. Uh we begin tonight with some news coming out of just in time for first contact day. Uh to celebrate today, Justin Lin posted a picture from the set of Star Wars Star Trek Beyond. Sorry. Uh, Star Trek Beyond, with two actors in full makeup as a new alien race. Furthermore, he has stated that if a fan correctly identifies the actors, that they will receive a production crew shirt and a poster signed by the cast and crew. Uh-oh. Do we have Uh-oh. an inside scoop? Yeah, I was about Mark? to say, can we act? <laughs> like we, one, no, we're not. One guy no. kind of looks like the size <laughs> of uh, someone that starts with Din, rhymes with Din Viesel, so, you know. Mark, my email is um, H. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Go, go ahead. Uh, some sad news for Star Wars fans yesterday. Uh, Eric Bowersfeld, who played Admiral, Admiral Akbar in the Star Wars films, uh, passed yeah. away on Sunday morning in his home. He was 93 years old. That was a 93. 
it was it was nice to hear him again in episode seven. I'm just saying. Mm. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, Rian Johnson posted several images from the set of episode eight, including a confirmation that Lupita Nyong'o will be reprising her role as Maz Kanata. So that's. Oh, yeah. I thought they were going to say, "Oh, she's actually going to never." No, 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 she's not. Uh, Stars has announced that they are getting into the paid streaming service game. Uh, the service will be $2 less than Showtime service and $6 less than HBO's. Uh, it apparently will, start in, it apparently will start in two days by showing the season premiere of Outlander two days before it's televised. So. I, am no, I would pay for that. For... Yeah, no, I would she, pay yeah. for that. Black sales. Not yeah. Outlander, Black Sails, yo. Oh, well, Black I know, and in uh, 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 Evil Dead too. Oh, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed that first season hmm, for so. two dollars a month. <laughs> well, six. I mean, it's six, and then <laughs> it's it, the it's, the service is six dollars. The Showtime's is eight, and then HBO's is like fourteen. So what? HBO yeah, ripping people off for real because exactly. they got like what? Five HBO's, so. and plus they have the and plus they have the rights now to the Star Wars films, so that's the other thing. For that price, I could for that price you can buy the whole seasons each month. For yeah. that price, I <laughs> could eat lunch that I've been skipping. Uh, Game of Thrones is getting the Talking Dead treatment. Uh, starting this season, the fantasy series will receive a talk show a day after the episode airs, and will be hosted by Andy Greenwald and Chris Ryan of the website The Ringer. And the title: Black People Will Die. Yes. No, black <laughs> men. Black, black men. It's, black uh, men. Black men. Yeah. I, I've already heard the title. It's going to be called Game of Drone. Uh, Game of Drone. Game Mark, do you watch The Walking Dead? I don't watch television at all. Wow. Good oh, man. Wow. Good man. He's too busy creating languages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Languages. <laughs> He cannot be distracted. Yeah, he cannot be distracted with such trivial things. There's too much much talk TV on TV for me to create talk. Plus, there's a Kardashians, which is an evil upon itself. Actually, they don't really need to talk, or do they talk? So Uh, let's not get into that. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch visited a comic book store in Manhattan on Sunday as Doctor Strange. The actor who was in town to finish the production on the film about the Sorcerer Supreme took time out to stop in the comic shop where they were shooting along with the director. Uh, Both Cumberbatch and the director took photos with fans and signed comics for patrons and the owner of the shop. Were they able to ask him questions? Uh, I'm sure they were not. uh, I want to know how much reading he's doing. Okay. Does he know the character? No, no. I'm, I'm pretty... He actually looks good. He yeah. actually looks good as the character. Well, no. Did you see the one with uh, with uh, as your four as uh, as uh, what's his name as his character in the movie? Wait, were they on the street block? Let's yeah, yeah, the... yeah. That yeah. one. Yeah, no. He, he looked like he so did not want to be there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so not want to be there. Uh. Is a, is a certain addition to, to the Civil War film premiere have any bearing on the Netflix series? Uh, Last-minute addition, Alfrey Woodard uh, to the premiere of Captain America Civil War has many beginning to speculate that the outcome of Civil War, you know, the film, will, have, will affect the Netflix series, such as the upcoming Luke Cage series. 
connecting it. Could be that That's the speculation. Marvel's going fine. I'm not worried about it. No, no. Oh, oh. By the way, we seem to have lost our fearless leader in a beer, in a bizarre technical. Oh, it'll be back. Ever, yeah, when don't we lose our fearless leader? It's twelve. Let the news go on. Yes. Uh, as you know, the Star Wars: The Force Awakens was released on DVD and uh, Blu-ray. Uh, I know my came in the. Uh, and if you need a friend to watch it with you, you are in luck. If you have a Sphero BB-8. Uh, an update to the app released yesterday will now allow the little droid to watch the film with you and react to things that occur in the film as you two watch together. So, does it talk in beeps? Yes, it does. Hmm. It'll react to, like it'll react to different parts of the scene and whatever. So, I don't know. It's cute. The robot apocalypse. Yeah, I'm still DBA. buying it. I I just want the robot. It, no, no, the robot apocalypse will be with the uh, ScarJo uh, android that that guy built. Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, the thing about uh, BB-8 is if it's the apocalypse, you can just kill him. <laughs> He's a ball. Uh, some other quick news: the Iron Fist Iron Fist Netflix series has cast Jessica Henwick, Namira Sand from Game of Thrones, as Colleen Wig Wing. So she's. Playing that character, uh, the BBC has tapped Jack Thorne to adapt his Dark Materials trilogy uh, for the series they are planning to do. So, oh God, please don't suck, please. Uh, don't Dave suck. Bautista is joining the cast of the Blade Runner sequel. Uh, no word yet as to who he's playing, but I'm thinking he's playing a replicant in the series so, in the film. So, oh God, please don't make this movie. Please you don't know, make this happening. movie. It's happening. It's happening. Uh, Echo Callum has received some terrific love yesterday as he has been upped to series regular on Arrow. Uh, Grimm received a renewal for sixth season today, so congratulations to the cast and crew of that show. And we are pretty damn close to getting a Galaxy... We were pretty damn close to getting a De- Galaxy Quest sequel at Amazon until the late Alan Rickman passed away as per Sam Rockwell. So, Oh... And finally, Supergirl thinks she she can do something that her cousin can't, which is beat Batman. Um, Melissa Ben uh, Benoist uh, has played who plays the girl of Steel uh, was part of an Entertainment Weekly video as to what she thought who and what her character could take on. Uh, in the video, she the actress points out that she had, she is a deathly afraid of sharks and Sharknado. And can locate, can relate, relocate, oh god, this is so late for me, uh, can relocate King Kong safely, and could have saved everyone on the Titanic. When it comes to Batman, she feels that she could rally all the Kryptonians on Earth to lock him down. But can she defeat Squirrel Girl? Probably not. <laughs> no one can beat Nobody Squirrel. can beat Squirrel Girl. <laughs> no one. Nobody, Nobody can beat Squirrel Girl. Uh, anyway, for more news and commentary from the Five Nerdy Venoms, check us out on Twitter at Five Nerdy Venoms. That's F I V E Nerdy Venoms. Or our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Five Nerdy Venoms. Again, F I V E Nerdy Venoms. And we have a Twitch account now, which I think Toby's going to be playing with soon. Uh, again, it's, that's, F- that's again, that's Five Nerdy Venoms. F I V E Nerdy Venoms. <laughs> and that is your news for this actually Wednesday morning. So there you go. 
Right? Whoa. I will be having my fun. Hmm. Well, it, did our fearless leader come back? He's uh, not pulling. Do you want to box? Do you want me to quickly run over box? But I can't. Uh, do it no, well, Yeah, you are. Can everybody hear you? No, I think you knocked everybody else off. Oh, oh, we're, oh here. we're here. We're here. We're here. It's just Henry. Is Henry having that thing where it's like it says you have to like update, He's here, but update he Skype? Yeah. We can hear him. All right, let's yeah, him. let's let's do the box office real quick, and then let's finish this off because I'm sure Mark is getting bored. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure it is. Okay, uh, at number one, uh, falling sixty nine point one percent from last week is Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> At number two, Zootopia is still hanging on there at nineteen million three hundred twenty-five thousand two ninety-one. Stop it! <laughs> number three, My Big Fat Greek Wedding two uh, only fell thirty-seven point two percent from last week, eleven million two hundred eighteen thousand fifty-five. Number four, uh, opening at uh, just under a million six hundred twenty-three thousand is uh, God's Not Dead two. That yeah. stuff. But number five, Miracles from Heaven. Uh, 7,255,566. Both Christian films were pretty much on par with each other this weekend. Number six, still sticking up the plays, Divergent Series Allegiant, 5,763,227. Number seven, 10 Cloverfield Lane, it is hanging on, 4,564,126. Number eight, Big Flop, Meet the Blacks, 4,055,940. Number nine, it went up from number 11, Eye in the Sky, the surveillance movie, uh, at 3,961,556. Number 10, it's just clinging on to the box office, is Deadpool, 3,426,595. And all the way down at number 14, even though it just came out on home video, Star Wars The Force Awakens it made 681,629 this weekend. Which is outrageous. <laughs> Yeah, it beat out Midnight uh, Special. <laughs> uh, you want to do the uh, upcoming? Just do the major releases quickly, just so we can. Yeah, hold on. Uh, you want me to schedule? do it? I got, oh, it? I got it. I got it. Okay, opening this weekend, we have The Boss. It is a comedy. It is three thousand four hundred eighty-one thousand theaters. And Hardcore Harry, Henry, the first-person shooter, Hardcore Henry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hardcore That's another movie. No, I'm just saying hardcore <laughs> Hitler. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's the H's, the H's are there. Yeah. Hey, just because the man himself is absent, I'm not going to get his name right on purpose. Ah, okay. No, nah, <laughs> three thousand theaters. The rest of these movies are like Demolition, Dying of the Light, which is a documentary about some photographers, or is it something about uh, I don't know. Mister Wright is a comedy. Wedding Doll is a drama. Next week we have a we have the sequel nobody asked for Barbershop the next cut and the Jungle Book. Uh, Barbershop I want to see, but anyway, that's right. <laughs> Thank you, Mister Faux Movie Phone. Yeah, very. Good. <laughs> hey, you rushed me, man. <laughs> hey, you want if you want if you want El Camino to come <laughs> back, that's, that's, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, so I guess that's it. Uh, I don't know what what the. Uh, Henry, what Geeks Overall is doing for uh, 
Saturday Night Sci-Fi. So uh... he's reenacting hardcore <laughs> for us. Right, that gotcha. will be hardcore. Yeah. So uh, that's it. Uh, join us next Tuesday. Of course, follow us on Twitter. Uh, of course, Archie Mana, that Shadow Scout. Uh, of course, Geek Soul Brother. Uh, Howard Toby, uh, that's Toby One. Uh, Phil Rican underscore Uno, that's uh, that's uh, El Camino. Real Lord Dalek, that's Dalek, of course. M Dog Nine Five Seven. Uh, Luminous with two E's. Myself, Jonathan J Stone Zero. Am I forgetting anyone else? Uh, no. Yes. Mark, are you are, are, are you on Twitter? No, like social no, media? No. No. Oh. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very old school. Okay. But the documentary is on Twitter. The document the documentary is on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh. Uh, what is the uh, what is the uh... it's Conlanging, I guess. Conlanging <laughs> film. Did yeah, it just say he's mad? Old at Conlanging film. Okay. Cool. Excellent. Uh, and of course, for all your news, of course, Five Nerdy Venoms. As I said, FIV Nerdy Venoms. Uh, so that's it. Join us next Tuesday. I guess we're going to do a review of Hardcore Henry. And of course, anything else that we're talking about as well. So until then, peace out, everyone. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night. Mark, again, Bye, thank everyone. you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.